EMS One Academy is the leading way in high-quality, affordable training for EMTs and paramedics nationwide. Your department can take advantage of more than 150 full-length training courses and 225 hours of EMS continuing education in a robust learning management system. Training is accredited by the Commission on Accreditation of Pre-Hospital Continuing Education. Administrative features include group administration, credential management, custom course creation, assignments, offline training tracking, and more, all customized to meet the needs of the EMS training officers. To schedule a free demo, go to ems1academy.com. have something to talk about today it's once again time to go inside ems we're not going to waste any time here he is my good friend kelly grayson kelly what's going on down there and world famous louisiana did you get any bad with that uh, hurricane harvey anything bad down there? no no we were we our power was out for a uh, for a few hours and uh, other than that we just got uh, a lot of sticks and limbs and and leaves in the yard and more gullies down my driveway from from water runoff but we we escaped it, man. Uh, uh, all too altogether too many of my my colleagues did not, and looks like we're uh, we're in for another one with Hurricane Irma approaching. The prayers for all those folks, man. It's it's got to be tough. Makes me think that that Elmer Fudd, the Viking, out, is somewhere out there playing with a spear and magic helmet again. That's funny, man. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. I'm, actually, I'm actually in Florida. I'm pulling out of here uh, Friday, and uh, I'm leaving a day early so I can miss that mess. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty crazy here in Florida. It's pretty crazy down there in Texas. And certainly, you know, there's a lot of great volunteer work that's going on. And we really want to hear from our peers. So if you went down there and you were helping out down there in uh, Houston, or if you were part of the effort uh, from any of the Houston systems, go ahead and get in touch with Kelly and I at the show at ems1.com. We want to talk to you. We want to find out the challenges. Because one of the things that we've got to think about now is that you guys are, are setting a standard for how to deal with this. And one of the things that we learned from Ferguson, Missouri, and we learned from Baltimore, and we learned from Charlottesville, is is we've got to be able to take those lessons, Kelly, and we've got to mm-hmm. be able to use them, not the if, but the when it happens in our community, whether it's civil disobedience or natural disasters. Yeah. Exactly, and 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 not only Houston, but uh, the second landfall in in Port Arthur in Southwest Louisiana, uh, a lot of flooding uh, going on there as well. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if if Louisiana government actually learns lessons. Uh, uh, they got burned with Hurricane Katrina, but those lessons were were there from Hurricane George ten years before, uh, and, and their their drainage system and pumps are still not up to snuff even even now. So, who knows? You need a hug uh, is what you need. You yeah, just need a hug. let's you just hope that Irma turns back out into the Atlantic and just peters out. That's what it needs to happen. You've been, you've been hurt so often, you just need a hug and a, a cuddle, that's, whatever. That's that right, man. I've, I've got storm PTSD. So, before we get into our topic today, I know that uh, the listeners know where we're going, even though we haven't even started yet, but yeah. uh, Kilted to Kick Cantor is well underway, and... A big news about Kilt Rocket Cancer this year. 
Yeah, we're we're um, because Hurricane Harvey is is uh, has dominated the headlines and devastated uh, um, Houston and and uh, South Texas and the Louisiana Gulf Coast as well. Um, we're also raising money for Hurricane Harvey. Uh, several of our kilted fundraising teams uh, are from Corpus Christi and and south uh, southeast and uh, Texas area. Uh, and and they they lost uh, uh, homes and and belongings and stuff. So um, we're we have uh, four charities uh, approved charities that we uh, are also soliciting funds for. So anyone that wants to donate to Hurricane Harvey relief uh, in the name of a kilted to kick cancer official fundraising team, please do so. Um, uh, the fundraising teams are at kiltedtokickcancer.org. Um, make your donation to one of those Kilted to Kick Cancer uh, Hurricane Harvey charities and uh, forward your donation receipt to me at kelly at kiltedtokickcancer.org and we'll credit that fundraising team for uh, one of the uh, the prizes we have for our top fundraisers this year. Hopefully we get to uh, kick cancer a little harder this year and bring some people re- uh, some relief in uh, in Texas and Louisiana. Good to go. Good stuff. And uh, I love this time of year just for the kilted to get cancer watching you. Oh, yeah, up. man. You're going you're gonna to see me in a kilt, kilted picture coming soon, brother. <laughs> I know. I know. But, uh, Kelly, we got something to talk about today, and I'm going to let oh, you. Oh, man. Yeah. Our one th- yeah, we, we have, an, unfortunately, another episode in, in public safety personnel behaving badly uh, out of Salt Lake City. Um, uh July the 26th, this happened, uh, a Salt Lake City police officer uh, uh, arrested a ER charge nurse at, uh, at the hospital there for refusing to draw blood from a patient uh, without a warrant. And, and as she explained in the video, uh, the video is, is not flattering to the arresting officer in any way, but the, um, as she explained in the video that they had a policy stating that the patient had to be either uh, in custody or, under a re- uh, or have a, a search warrant issued uh, for, for removing the blood. Otherwise, it was a, uh, uh, they wouldn't violate the patient's privacy that way. And apparently this was a policy that had been in place and agreed to by both the police department and the hospital. Uh, and the law enforcement officer apparently, uh, after consulting with his lieutenant, believed he was in the right. Uh, he has heard to say on the, on the video, well, your policy is interfering with my law. And he uh, slapped the cuffs on the ER nurse and, and hauled her off to jail. Uh, you know, this sort of thing is, uh, it's, it's easy to contend, condemn the officer. And I certainly do not agree with, with his actions. I, I think he went a little overboard. Um, uh, but the, the one thing that we fail to recognize when these things happen is, is no matter what you set out to do, the minute you're on video, uh, or in the media, you represent your profession. You might not have tried to, uh, you might not want to be a role model or a cautionary tale, but the moment you appear in, in public, uh, in the public eye, as far as anyone who's uh, watching is concerned, you are the police or you are EMS or you are nursing. Uh, and, and this does not look good for Salt Lake City PD uh, in any shape or form. You saw the video, Chris. What do you think of it? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, it was it was very very disturbing, and there there were a lot of things I think that transpired in that video that that gave me some concern, and certainly 
I, I, I uh, allowed my emotions to dictate my actions in the sense of mm-hmm. uh, how I felt about it. But I think that that really goes to the core of what happened. You know, one of the things that I think is important here is that there was there was camaraderie. There was you know work at the table that said this is the way that we're going to handle this. We we need your mm-hmm. we the police need your help, hospital in doing this can we come up with a plan to make this work for us as a team and the plan that they came up with was what she was trying to mm-hmm. um what she was trying to you know send across in this message and then once that didn't go well that really went to the core of i think egotism and that really took over but here's here's the wrinkle that i want to throw in this with you because this is my this is my uh, uh, confusion with this. So you'll agree with me, I'm sure, that what the nurse was doing was following the orders of her superiors. Mm-hmm. Now, you said it, and I read it in one place, and I haven't read it uh, since then, is that he was on the phone with his lieutenant, and his yep. lieutenant said, if she interferes with you, arrest her. So yeah. isn't he just following the rules of his superiors as well? Well, yes, yes. And, and I I 100% believe that the lieutenant is equally culpable in this. Um, and the lieutenant needs to face disciplinary action as well. Yes, you're supposed to follow the orders of your superiors. Uh, you also have, have a legal, ethical, and moral obligation to not follow orders that you know are wrong. Um, and, and, and in the military, uh, that, that principle holds true. If you, if you believe an order to be unlawful, uh, you are not bound legally to follow it. Uh, his problem was, is he did not know the law. Now this is, you know, he, he was, he was quoting implied consent laws, which were struck down in, in, uh, Utah, uh, at least 10 years before. And, and I think a, a good argument can be made is, uh, ignorance of the law is, is no excuse that's used all the time against civilians. Well, when you're an officer of the law who is, uh, who is charged with upholding it, I think it's behold, you're beholden to, to actually know what the law states and sure. to keep up with that. Hang on a second. Um, so Hang on a second. The, the standard there is a, is a bit higher. I don't want to. I don't want to gloss over this because I think you know. I think what you said earlier uh, was important, and I think what you added on to that is just as important. I like to come back to that, but I, I would really like to kind of just focus in on this following the directions of your superiors because mm-hmm. you know we think about our EMS professionals that are in the field, and sometimes they're getting they're getting direction from uh, from you know superiors for leaders mm-hmm. supervisors that they may not agree with. So I think what we want to say is that sometimes you may feel a a moral challenge or sometimes you may feel an ethical challenge. How are they best to deal with that in a situation that's similar? So you made the point very, very well that, you know, uh, sometimes if you know that that order is unlawful or sometimes if you know that order is wrong, you you just don't follow it. What advice do we give to our EMS peers if they come across the same challenge, you know. Well, first of all, if if I, I've been in this situation, I would presume uh, in in a career as long as yours uh, that you've been in it as well, where you've gotten medical control orders that you could not, in good conscience, follow. It doesn't happen often. It's a fairly rare thing, but 
and it's not a knock on the physicians. They're human beings too. Sometimes you just have a little cranio-rectal inversion. You may not be fully awake or, or, or didn't hear correctly, uh, that sort of thing. That's why we have things like the echo, uh, the order back and repeat it back. So uh, hopefully if, if someone gave a, an off-the-wall order, uh, when hearing it repeated back, they you know they realize it and, and countermand that order. Uh, I know one physician in particular who, who had instructions to all the emergency department staff in this little rural hospital, uh, when you call me and ask me for orders, first, uh, if you call me after, after a certain time at night, I want you to ask me to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> he knew that, that so he was crazy, a, a... Dude, dude, that is so <laughs> crazy. He was he was a very hard sleeper, and he would get up and just talk out of his head uh, until he was awake. He said, "So don't." He, he told all the nursing staff and the and the uh, paramedics, "Don't trust anything that comes out of my mouth after ten o'clock at night until you have heard me recite the Pledge of Allegiance." And if you have any doubts about what I said, tell me, Doc. Recite the Pledge of Allegiance for me. He said, if I've said that, I'm sitting up awake and my feet are on the floor and I'm and my brain is functioning. Otherwise, don't trust it if it doesn't sound right. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think that's but crazy, dude. not every not every doctor has that. You know, I've, I've had some some uh, inappropriate orders. Some of them were just wildly inappropriate, and I couldn't in good conscience follow them. And others were, it was communications failure, and I just could not make the, the relevant point to the physician, either because the radio or cell phone communications were so bad, or because he just, you know, we which were not able to, to communicate effectively, uh, and those orders were not followed. Um, and luckily for the patient and for me, those orders in that particular instance weren't all, you know, weren't uh, life-saving and, and withholding them didn't, uh, didn't uh, harm the patient in any way. Um, but Detective Payne could have, could have used the, the same principle in, in dealing with his lieutenant had he known that the, the law uh, was no longer in effect. Um, and, and certainly Alex Wubbles uh, could have done the same and, and probably has encountered similar situations, uh, getting orders from a physician or, or, or a, a superior nurse uh, that she felt in, in good conscience she couldn't follow. So there's a way to go about that and do it politely, respectfully, and, and still keep your head up and, 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 your, uh, and, and adhere to your personal code of ethics. Um, and there's a way to do it wrong. Getting into a pissing contest is the wrong way. Yeah. Um, and getting into a pissing contest with your body cam uh, and hauling an ER nurse who is in no way resisting out of the hospital in full view of the public uh, and her coworkers was the wrong way for Fred Payne to handle this problem. And right now, he is suspended both from uh, his Salt Lake City PD job uh, and from his, uh, his part-time job as a paramedic for Gold Cross Ambulance, which is, which is telling in and of itself, um, it, it's not a, a, a very common occurrence for an EMS agency to suspend one of its members, uh, one of its employees, for something that they did away from their EMS job. But, uh, you know, in that video, he says, um, I'll just bring this hospital all the transients and bring the good-paying patients elsewhere. Uh, that doesn't look good for his for his Gold Cross employer. So uh, they suspended him as well. One of the things that I want to, uh, I think, you know, that we, we, we're talking yeah. about here is, you know, she did a really good job of, you know, being calm, 
of trying to, you know, quell the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the comments she makes after she was uh, put under arrest was, why are you so angry? And But one of the things I, I think I want to ask you here is we all watched the video. We all know the outcome. You know, she sat in the car for 20 minutes. You know, they went ahead and let her go. And, and I think that there are some challenges now. But how do, you, how do you mend this relationship? You know, one of the things that I read today, Kelly, in preparation for the show was that hospital policy has been written now that police officers are not allowed to interact with nursing staff. Uh, they have to be able to interact with hospital supervisors in this type of situation. You know, it's very important that, you know, police interact with nurses, police interact with paramedics, paramedics and EMTs interact with nurses. You know, so how do we develop this synergy? How do we develop this relationship that these types of things don't happen when we're working with these interagencies? I mean, there have been challenges that we've had with, you know, fire department staff. You know, I had some challenges with, you know, specific crews and I had to go to a couple sit-downs in my career for the way that, you know, the, the fire department and, the, and you know, the EMS were interacting. Certainly some challenges with nursing staff and with doctors that we had to go to a sit-down and kind of talk about. But how do we avoid this? How do we make it that we're cohesive as a team taking care of the same challenge on the same scenes at the same time? Well, I, I think we treat each other uh, with uh, mutual respect, and and you know I, we need to emphasize that the vast majority of the time that is the case. Uh, but like I said earlier, all it takes is one time in the public eye, and all of a sudden, uh, you, your profession, and your your agency uh, have received a black eye, uh, and it's going to take a lot of work for Salt Lake City PD. Uh, to repair this relationship with the hospital. It's already gone beyond just the Alex Wobbles case. Um, you know, they've, they've changed their policy and, and added another layer of bureaucracy, uh, and that's going to make it harder for other police officers to deal with, uh, uh, do their jobs and, and collect evidence in that hospital in the future. But by the same token, um, you know, Everyone can have a bad day. Uh, there was there was a story from uh, his superiors at Gold Cross Ambulance uh, stating that that they're suspending him for the uh, until the investigation is complete. Uh, but he's not fired, uh, and they state that that uh, that behavior is very uncharacteristic of him. And he's always been a good employee and a good paramedic and, and conscientious and a nice person. So. Yeah, maybe he just had a bad day that day, uh, but there are there are consequences to our actions. Um, what's telling to me is uh, that places this uh, uh, as more of a problem with the department and not just Detective Payne is that this happened July the twenty sixth. Nothing was done. No action was taken until this video went public, and and that stinks to high heaven. To me, uh, nothing was ha- nothing happened. He was not suspended. He was not removed from the blood draw team. Uh, no criminal investigation was launched. Nothing until this video was made public by Alex Wubble's lawyer. Uh, she's not suing the police department or Fred Payne right now. She hasn't even called for his job. She's like, I, I just let you know. I, I think they should let them handle their discipline however they want to handle it. Um, that's not my place to decide. Uh, so she's she's taking the high road on this. She really doesn't have any motivation to destroy the man 
um, and and release this video publicly unless she had already taken it to the police department and not received any resolution. I just don't buy that body cam footage in a disputed arrest where the victim, uh, the arrestee, was released 20 minutes later with an apology. Um, I don't believe that footage is not reviewed. It's been in their possession since July the 26th, and it's only coming to light now, and now all the discipline comes. Well, we it tells me it. that they didn't have a... The, I don't know if they had an issue with Detective Payne's behavior, or they're just embarrassed because it was finally uh, made public. Well, I think which, that, uh, we, don't, we can't, certainly you know, can't sit here in armchair quarterback and second... Everyone is an expert about somebody else's call and somebody so, else's I mean, man. We, That's no. right. So um, we do need to give the man the benefit of the doubt. So but it doesn't look good. <laughs> let me ask you this question, because this is something that I was a little bit confused about. There were some comments made from the legal team of this nurse that is holding accountable the officers at the hospital that didn't defend her. That's right. In a case of this dispute, where you have this, you know, this outside officer who comes into the hospital, who um, now is getting arrested, is there any jurisdiction of those, those, and I don't know the answer to this, that's why I'm asking, I don't know if you have a, a feel for this, but is there any jurisdiction then by these hospital officers that they could have stopped this from happening? Because I would think that the, the city police kind of have jurisdiction there. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know, so I, I, I wouldn't speculate. It's you know, it seems to me it would be possible that that uh, these guys are are dressed like police officers, uh, uh, but they may just be security personnel uh, who do not have arrest powers. Um, and if that's the case, you, you can't blame them for not uh, for not intervening, um, or you, you can't legally expect them to intervene. Um, uh, Ethically, uh, I don't know that I would uh, that I would um, give them that pass. Uh, you know, I think it's incumbent upon us to call out bad behavior and 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 uh, and stop it when we see it. Uh, that is uh, that's true for nursing. It's true for EMS, and it's true for, should be true for law enforcement as well. Uh, the fact that they stood back and and did nothing, uh, I I really don't know what to make of that. But uh, uh, what I do make of it doesn't doesn't uh, spell good things um, uh, for the public perception of law enforcement. Um, and, you know, and that's a shame because 99.999% of the cops I know and work with every single day uh, are good folks. Um, who uh, One of them's, one of them's uh, good friend of mine's tagline on this blog is, you know, I think there's a good way to, to protect the public, uh, serve my community, and be a good cop all at the same time. Um, but uh, some people fail in that job, and, and uh, to one degree or the other, uh, Detective Payne did that day. question is, what's going to happen to him uh, at this point? Um, you know, not for me, to, just like Alex Wobble said, it's not for us to say whether he should be fired or not. Uh, I'll let other people opine on that issue. Um, but uh, We're not here, and we're certainly not here yeah, to make those assumptions. No. But, so, Kelly, let me ask you this as we get ready to close here. What's the biggest lesson that we learned from this? I mean, is it... Is it the fact that we don't allow our emotions to dictate our action? Is it the fact that we need to be able to, you know, take our ego out of, uh, of doing our jobs? You know, because there have been times, you know, from an EMS side 
where we allow our emotions to dictate our actions, and you know, we we point a finger at the people who are you know using mm-hmm. the video at the scenes, and you know, we you know we we've wrestled with people who were you know getting in our face, and we talked a, a couple times about you know fire folks allowing their. Emo- I mean, so as we yeah. as we learn this, and as we as we talk about this topic, what's the biggest takeaway that we uh, share with our listeners? Um. Ah. Uh... Great comeback. Really? Great, great comeback. <laughs> great comeback. I like that. Um, so you heard it first, ladies and gentlemen, from Kelly Grayson, it's um. That's what it is. Um, that's right. Um, 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 um. I would say that the biggest takeaway is is that, that nothing happens in a vacuum and people are always watching. You know, and, and they say that integrity is how you behave when no one's watching. Well, um, that's no longer the case anymore because pretty much when you're on duty, everyone's watching. Uh, we've talked in this in this podcast before about how body cameras and cameras might exonerate EMTs and, and paramedics, and we think they're a good idea. In this case, they they uh, um, didn't help uh, Detective Payne's case at all. Um, so I would say, you know, take a deep breath, step back, and don't let your anger uh, get the better of you. Uh, and I think that's what happened to this man in this case. And, and he may very well be a, a good officer and a good person. Um, but on this day, uh, he wasn't at his best. Uh, and, and actions uh, and the consequences from those actions still have, have yet to be seen. Um, but the lesson we can learn is, is one for all of us. We don't have to be in law enforcement. You know, um, we we face tense and stressful situations every day, um, and sometimes we just got to take a deep breath, step back, and not take it personally. Yeah, and I think the other thing that we have to, again, just put a tag on is, yeah, this could have been an individual that was just following his orders from his... Yes. Yes, he was, well, and that's so. what I'm saying. The the, the lieutenant needs needs to uh, oh, answer yeah. some, some hard questions as well. And I think that, you know, again, the purpose of this is we're not here to point fingers, but we're just here to kind of address and fix the problem. Because this very easily could have been a nurse that works in your uh, community. It very easily could have been your partner. Uh, how many <laughs> times have we seen those videos of, uh, you know, EMTs and paramedics having altercations with, you know, their police partners or their police peers? And the things that we've got to think about is, is I, I like how you said it, Kelly. Uh, a couple times you made mention of when, uh, you know, the... The cameras are rolling. We now become mm-hmm. spokesmen for our career field. The other thing that I think you said is that everybody is watching all the time. And, you know, mm-hmm. you said it very well that integrity uh, is something that you have even when no one else is watching. And uh, I, I like how you said it, that everybody is watching all the time. But, you know, I think this was a great topic. I think we made some great points. And yeah. uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. Yeah, you know, and, and before I close, I'll, I'll offer me a culpa as well. I, I'm not trying to sit on an ivory tower and judge another man's actions. I have been guilty of this same screw-up myself. I remember one particular incident where, where an ER physician was poking me in the chest with his finger, and I told him in front of his staff that if he didn't pull his finger back and back away from me, I was going to show him what the other end of it looked like and then insert it into a, a bodily orifice where it wasn't supposed to go. Uh, and, and was pretty darn proud of myself for telling off that jerk, uh, doctor. Um, I got suspended for that and, and rightfully so, uh, 
Um, he was, uh, he was not being a pleasant person and, and had we been outside of the, uh, hospital environment and, and not in, in a professional capacity, uh, this being the South, it might've turned out a, a much different form. Uh, but wearing a uniform of my service that day, it was a bad look for them. So I've been guilty of it as well. Uh, but I, I, uh, I face the consequences of it. So that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. Email us at the show at ems1.com. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And for myself and co-host Chris Ciballero, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you guys next week. week.